It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back, relax, and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, and welcome to episode 111 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. We're recording today on Saturday, January 21, 2023. I'm Warren Carr, and I'm so glad to have our members back. We got a couple not in here, but Doc is back from the Doc School, and uh, nice to see him back again. And he'll be telling us a little bit about that process if he wanted to. Fee is here with us today, Austin Pinto and John Dyer. Both Ed and Miriam, the red-headed stranger, are not here today. Coming up in this episode, while we do not have announcements, we have something called In the News in its place. We then turn on to the digital well-being, where we'll be talking about that entry in the system settings. Then John brings us the talkback highlights, and today we're looking at the spell checker. And we close the segment with a listener segment called Your Questions. Guys, welcome to episode 111. John, what's up with you, my man? Hey, I'm doing good. I had a pretty typical week. Uh, Jack was sick, so he had to stay home from school. So it was, you know, it seemed like a longer week than normal. And this morning I got out and, uh, cleaned out the gutters for my house so i survived another year of home ownership <laughs> i didn't fall or anything like that you know that's very impressive because for a blind person to do that neighbors would be kind of holding their breaths and oh my gosh i hope he doesn't fall and i'm impressed <laughs> bro <laughs> uh, thank you yeah you know, they stand by and watch me when i'm cutting my grass he actually does it that's a good job so Thank you so much for doing that. I, I really like that. <laughs> I think yeah. Warren, some some of our listeners may not know what gutters are, so you can explain to them. John? Oh, uh, that's what we call like the things that go on the roof that catch the water. <laughs> Is it called something else somewhere else? We call it them gutters. I don't know. Uh okay yeah and then it and it leads off the edge of the roof down yeah down it goes a down a pipe, pipe a drain yeah. pipe doesn't it to so you don't get yeah, any water and, on the roof and one I st- needs to clean those because you've got leaves accumulating there and things like yeah. that so it makes sense to do that and i'm not gonna lie last year i skipped it and there were little trees growing in there i think there were like four four Dude. or five little trees and like roots in there and stuff so i was like okay good thing never I ever it out forget to clean those fee you are back you are not going to be with us here today but we are glad you are here with us today you are going to be going to a concert but things happened and um we'd rather have you than going to a concert yeah i made it um we've had a lot of sunshine lately which has been nice um still cold but uh but sunny during the day uh so i've been on some nice walks Still preparing for my service next week, which I still haven't written a sermon for yet. But, you know, there's nothing like a bit of adrenaline at the last minute. <laughs> um, I 
did an interview yesterday talking all about phones and promoting the podcast. So that'll be uh, put on some an internet radio station in a couple of weeks and then it'll be on a podcast. Not this one, another one. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been enjoying Braille and various gadgets and getting to know my watch more and yeah quite a busy week quite a good week that's good austin what's up with you you are not feeling so good but goodness we thank you for being here so this week was a very up and down week with seizures and all those treatment and all that even today i've got some throat pain but i just thought i'll give my attendance in the intro segment and just then leave after that to rest a bit and uh, I will be producing the podcast tomorrow rendering and publishing all the episodes so it's doing good now it's really getting cold it's really this this year has been the, one of the coldest years and in India we don't have heating so we just need to uh, wear warm clothing so Ooh. things are looking good yeah because we never expect that the temperatures would dip uh, at least 9 degrees, 8 degrees. In the north, they might be having heating, but um, not in the west side of the country. A bit like how most houses here in the UK don't have air conditioning. Yeah, yeah we have to have air heating. conditioning here. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of something, isn't it? And uh, when it takes you unawares and all of a sudden it's cold or extremely hot, then you're in trouble. It's just like Seattle here. Most people don't have, you know, air conditioning. And so it's just it's kind of crazy. Is that why they're sleepless? Yeah, exactly. Doug, my man, tell us about that dog school. Um, yeah, so just spent two weeks in New York State, just outside NYC in White Plant, um, Yorktown Heights. So on a regular basis, I was in White Plains, literally about a block away from the hospital where they where DMX um, was brought prior to his death. So still had someone fencing up. So I was a little bit of an interesting uh, sightseeing event. Um, yeah, basically just trained two weeks, brought, came home last week with a just about three-year-old yellow lab from Guiding Eyes. So it's been a busy couple of weeks for me. How do they do aftercare if you're in Canada? Um, what do you mean aftercare? Well, in the UK, if you have a guide dog, they they visit you like once a year or something and check how oh. you're getting on and go go walk somewhere with you and stuff okay so yeah the school at guiding eyes i believe is every 18 months to two years um they'll do generally a follow-up about one month after you arrive home so they just have a bunch of field wraps located across the u.s and canada and you're assigned to one of their field wraps for the follow-up um sessions um, otherwise you're pretty much left to your own devices unless you need any kind of assistance, then you can always get a hold of the school or directly in contact with your field rep to get stuff sorted out. Uh, so they don't expect you to go back to New York every year or every no. 18 months or something. Nope. You go back well, only for the training. Welcome back, man. We miss you while you are gone. And, um, I hope that you are able to listen to us while you are out there. And if uh, not... 
<laughs> I had no time, dude. I I didn't even have time to play freaking Cards Against Humanity on a weekly basis. So you oh, know, my. I imagine that it's intense. And now moving on to the announcement segment. And while we do not necessarily have announcements today, Austin wants to talk about something called in the news. Austin, what we got? So before we start the in the news segment, Warren and Fee were guests on some podcast. Do you want to talk about that? And then we had some data breaches from T-Mobile and Twitter did a very annoying thing by closing the APIs for the third-party apps to use. So that completely breaks uh, Twitter if you were using a third-party app for Twitter. I was interviewed for a segment called Tech Talk on RNIB Connect Radio, and I believe it'll be on the week after next. So if you listen to that, um, then it would be, well, not this Tuesday, but the next one, um, I think. But it, it will then be available as a podcast after that. So when when that comes out, when there's a link to the podcast, we can share it in the show notes but for any listeners who do listen to RNIB Tech Talk, anyway, then um, you might hear me. I was on ibugtoday.com. That's I-B-U-G-T-O-D-A-Y.com. And they do have an Android segment called Android Insights. And this is a once-a-month meet that they get together, and people could ask questions about Android. And I think that for the next uh, month's episode, I'll post the URL on both our email and Telegram groups so that folks who want to go there and spend their evening would be able to do so. But it's once a month, and our friend Harshit Trivedi is the one that kind of hosts that program there for iBug today. So is it a sort of blindness technology type discussion? Exactly. Yeah. And they do all sorts of things. It's not necessarily all tech. They have like movie nights. They have other things like that. Um, so different kinds of stuff that they talk about. But once a month, they have an Android segment. I, I was really happy to talk on the RNIB tech talk because apparently they really don't do much about Android. Um, I think they do quite a lot about iPhones. And I was very happy to recommend blind people trying Android and saying, you know, towards the end, don't dismiss Android because you hated it 10 years ago. You know, it's moved a lot on a lot since then. Um, things like that and talking about various apps I like. And and there's so much more I could have said, but it's I think it's only a half hour thing. So um, if anyone thinks I missed anything out or anything when they hear it um sorry <laughs> but you know in the time available i did the best i could thank you so much for you and now talking about the other items that austin mentioned you mentioned the t-mobile data breach and frankly i don't know what's going on why someone is so bent or so intent on trying to destroy uh, T-Mobile, wanting to get people's info. It's just beyond me. Um, the news is that 
about 40 million people their info addresses, um, phone numbers, and everything else was kind of like just breached. It's just bad. So was this a hacker who did this? Exactly. Yeah, we've and- had things like that here before. Where there was, there's a company called, well, there's still a company called Talk Talk, and there was a big data breach quite a long time ago now, but I think they've had more than one. Um, I mean, maybe they're trying to sell sell the details to other businesses, probably. I mean, I think you mm-hmm. can make quite a lot of money with that. Yeah, this, and the sad thing about this is that, you know, it's not just like somebody got your password, changed your password, you know, when they get your address, your phone number and all that. That's not something you can just go. I mean, well, you can change your change. phone number, but you can't, everyone can't just move house. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And the problem is that this thing is a, like a, you know, a recurring thing with uh, T-Mobile. This is not their first rodeo. It seems like every other year or whatever, something happens like this with T-Mobile. And I'm beginning to wonder why this bad guy or these bad actors particularly think that T-Mobile is the place to hack. Probably it's easier than some other ones, and so that's why. I honestly think, though, some of it is because T-Mobile did buy some um, retired military uh, cellular technologies. So they have some very solid network capacity and if you can take t-mobile down with that new tech that they're working with then logically you can start um working your way through like att and verizon also t-mobile does tend to have a lot more uh travel sim cards for people to be using while they're traveling into the states so you're able to actually potentially get your hands on a lot more people's information than you could dream of with, say, AT&T or Verizon. Yeah, but both AT&T and Verizon have more customers than uh, T-Mobile can ever shake a stick at. They do, but when you look at the amount of people who are buying T-Mobile SIM cards for travel purposes, so like for an example, when I went stateside, I had a T-Mobile SIM card. So yeah. when you look at stuff like that, T-Mobile may be a lower player in the whole market when it comes to monthly subscribers. But when it comes to those vacationers, travelers, that kind of stuff, they may easily have a higher market share, which would make them a prime target because then you're actually able to target more people on a wider scale opposed to just keeping a local to the region and into the U.S., you can start targeting people who are outside the United States. It's interesting, though, because we used to have T-Mobile here, and then they merged. There was another network called Orange, and they're now a network called EE. So I don't know whether T-Mobile still has any stake in that or whether, you know, they don't. I I really don't know. I've not looked into it, but... um, it's definitely yeah, called EE now. So we never had T-Mobile in Canada. We had years ago. We had AT and T, and then it turned into Rogers. So, and I mean, they're in the same kind of boat. Rogers mm-hmm. has data breaches on a very regular basis, kind of similar to T-Mobile. So this 
companies kind of seem to have, you know, relationships with each other and uh, hence the reason once, uh, you know, you travel to another country, you may have some connectivity and all of that. But I'm surprised though, uh, Cam, that coming from Canada, that you actually had to buy um, a SIM card within the States. The U.S. should have just worked here just fine, no? Yeah, well, our carriers work stateside very well, but it's the cost. So an average carrier in Canada, when you go stateside, you're going to be paying $12 a day for roaming or a minimum $60 for a one-month U.S. package. I see, because most of our carriers, you can go to Canada and you're, you're on yeah. free roaming. You know. Exactly, where we don't have that privilege. Even though all of our carriers work on either T-Mobile or AT&T, uh, we don't get that free roaming privilege. So we have astronomically high rates when we go stateside. You just buy a page, you go SIM while you're there. Do you use that? Oh, you, no. I you... actually bought the SIM card before I even left. It gives me, um, I was able to set up an American number out of New York State. Um, I had unlimited North America calling, texting, something like four gigs of data. It was pretty awesome. Oh, that's but it was bad. a US SIM rather than a Canadian yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. But presumably that's pay as you go because you don't want a contract for however long if you're only there for. And these SIM cards, these SIM cards actually expire. So I bought the card for a one month stint, uh, one month. It expires after one month. You have 88 days to reload it. Otherwise, that SIM card is dead. They can't ever be reactivated. So I actually like the way that works. But it, it is a little sketchy when you're dealing with stuff like the data breaches. You really have to be careful about what you're putting in on that card. Was that one of those eSIM ones, or was it an actual? It was a physical SIM. I sent you one, yeah. Yeah, my sadly, my phone doesn't take eSIM. Oh, that probably means mine doesn't either, because we have the same type yeah. of phone. I don't believe any of the um, fan edition S twenties have eSIM. I don't think they're really in this country much anyway at the moment. Talking about eSIM, uh, so if you are in the QPR2, beta 2 of the uh, Google QPR Android 13 on a Pixel, you now have the uh, capability of having dual eSIM support. And that's going to be available um, when the final um, feature drop comes through in March. So something for people to look forward to. That is fire. Yeah. Now, moving along, though, let's talk about something that is probably of great importance, too. And we're talking about Mr. Musk here and uh, Twitter and all that denial to the Twitter API. So all those third-party apps are no longer available, uh, no longer being able to take advantage of uh, Twitter, um, being able to access that. what do you guys think about all of this? You know, I think it all boils down to money, isn't it? You guys, what would you think would be the cause or the reasoning behind uh, this reverse by Mr. Musk? Yeah, I'm sure it, it has to do with money. It's money, it, yeah, it's money. I, I think it's, this is even worse to me than when he fired the accessibility staff because, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm not saying they weren't doing anything, but 
Twitter was lacking in accessibility. So a lot of people, the reason they go to these third-party apps is because they're more accessible. So I think this is even a bigger blow to the blind community than actually laying off the accessibility staff. But it's all part of the same thing in a way. You know, it's yeah. a total lack of care mm -hmm. for certain Twitter users, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I also think, too, it, all, it more than just money, I think it really boils down to egocentrism. He he wants to think he has the money to blow to buy Twitter. And he's got the mentality now that he's basically king in the world of Twitter. He's also now claiming that he's going to step back as CEO. But is he? He's already made all of these damaging moves. Is he really yeah. going to do anything that's going to be beneficial? I think he's just throwing a big fit because he said he was going to buy it and then he tried to back out. And then they were like, no, we're going to sue you if you back out. And then you'll have to pay X amount of dollars to not have Twitter. And he's like, all right, fine, then I'll just buy it. <laughs> and now he's he's just throwing a big fit and trying to ruin it. I mean, he's trying, I guess he's trying to make it profitable also, but I think it might be a little bit of both. Wasn't there a thing also about that he was going to ban users who give links to other social networks. Did that ever happen? Has he done that? Does anybody know? I don't know. Like, I think you're like if you that. if you did a link to a Facebook page yes. or a Facebook article, he was gonna ban users who did things like that. No, he reversed on that. Did he? he did. Yeah. But he was gonna do it, wasn't he? Yeah. He was going to do it. And so when he's reversed on that, you think, well, maybe he might do it again in the future. Do you know what I mean? He's done so much damage now. I'm I'm much less bothered about Twitter now than I was because it just isn't the place it – I mean, some Twitter stuff can be horrible anyway, like people being really angry and shouty, and that's not very nice. But it can do some real good as well. And, I mean, we have a Twitter account, don't we? the podcast um we do and you know sharing information it's really really good for things like that or you know sometimes i've seen events like musical events that are on on twitter and, and gone along to them because i read about it on twitter you know and had a great evening um but twitter is hot the native twitter app is horrible it always it never seems to show your tweets just in the order they came in like a lot of the third party apps then you get all these stupid tweets from people you don't care about and all this new stuff that you haven't followed and oh it's just really annoying and i hate it <laughs> now talking about him firing the disability department does anyone know um uh, and I do understand if you think that uh, one department is not doing what they should and you replace them with a new crew. Does anyone know for sure that he simply closed it down or simply flushed out those that have been there, seeing them as not doing a good job and now replacing them with a new crew? Do we really know what is happening after the firing of those that were previously there in that department? I'm just kind of thinking that it would be odd that he will totally get rid of the accessibility department. I don't want to believe that that's what's going on. Well, I've well, not heard anything about it being replaced. Has anyone else? No, I don't know I, what actually happened. 
I've been watching just to see, just from my own curiosity, if there's like new job postings going up, stuff like that. And I'm not seeing any activity for an accessibility team. It's looking like it's completely just dead in the water. So maybe we should reach out to Mr. Musk on Twitter. Is the accessibility department dead? Because uh, I'm, I'm finding it difficult, guys, in this day of political correctness, where we try to do things right for everybody, that actually Mr. Musk would actually totally, you know, take down the disability department without replacing it with someone. It's hard to believe that such a thing would happen. Not to me, it isn't. <laughs> but no. then I'm a jaded cynic, so what do you expect? <laughs> there are a lot of companies that talk talk about diversity and things but if you drill down into it a lot of it never includes ableism um they talk about race they talk about gender they talk about sexual orientation they don't don't mention disability some do and they're brilliant and i'm happy that they do but there is i, I knew some i know somebody who used to work for a big company, a very big company in this country anyway, which I won't name, but he, but every single person in the UK who goes shopping would have heard of this company. And they had a diversity workshop and disability wasn't mentioned once. So the thing is that we're not always, you know, thought of. We're always an afterthought, like I've always yeah. argued. You know, no one goes to bed thinking about people with disabilities, and it's such a shame. I don't think no, I don't think saying we're always an afterthought and no one does is fair. I think there are some wonderful people who do, but so often, quite often, we are an afterthought if we're thought of at all, and we have to say to these people, hey, we're here you know why aren't you making this work for us but i'm you see i'm not going to be bother making a big fuss about twitter because to be honest i think far more productive thing to do would be to find a new social network actually <laughs> um and i'm glad we've got um got a group on facebook now as well which i mean facebook has its things as well you know i'm not saying it's perfect but they do still at least have accessibility people, I think. Yeah, but isn't it that you guys that use Facebook are saying it's horrible or something of that? Uh, and if yeah, we have a disability it's... department there, uh, what's their response to all this thing that I hear as to how I think Facebook they've is? been, I think sadly they've been spending more time to do with iPhones. They have, they really have. Yeah, and it's like they, yeah. they, I feel like a lot of them aren't users of the phones because, and and especially I don't think they're blind users because like, it seems like in the Facebook app for Android, like they're spending so much time on like putting um, tips in the labels, like d double press and hold to do this. Like, like that kind of stuff is what they're focusing on when you, you can't even just scroll through <laughs> your feed like you can't just swipe to the next thing like with the latest or i don't know if it's still this way but in december they released an update that basically broke auto scrolling when you're swiping through items you have to actually scroll the page yourself and it's like how can you overlook something like that 
Actually, like though, that happens, in, that in happens the on the iPhone as well, though, sometimes as well, because I do, you know, I do use both because I think since I still have an iPhone, it's important to know what's going on in both if, if you mm-hmm. can, you know. And but a lot of the Facebook experience is better on the iPhone, I'll, I, I'll have to say. But sometimes yeah. you open the app and I'm sure this happens on Android as well, because I'm sure it's happened to me. And you open it and there's only like one post showing. And like you say, you have to scroll to get any more. And it's but that's been a problem for quite a while, actually. Yeah, but now it's like not sometimes it's every time like you you will not scroll ever. And well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, though, that's quite annoying. But yeah, Twitter stopping you using these third party apps. I'm very cross about that. We are now turning our attention to our Android Basics segment, and we continue with looking at the system settings. And as mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're now looking at the digital well-being segment. I first of all, though, want to preview this with a little preamble of this segment, and I pre-recorded a little segment on this, and so we're now putting that in. And then we'll talk about it. Here is that preamble. I am now in the system settings and will now navigate my way to the digital well-being. Here's what I'm talking about. Digital well-being in parental controls, screen time, app timers, bedtime schedules. I will go ahead and tap here to activate. Digital well-being. Digital well-being and parental controls, out of list. Showing items 1 to 10 of 20. We are now on the screen with all the items found within the digital well-being. Near the top, we've got a couple buttons. On the top right corner, we've got more options. And to the left of that, we have beta. Here's what I'm talking about. More options. Button. More options, and to the left of that, beta button. Beta button. If I tap on that beta button, you're in the beta program. Experimental features are available to beta testers only. And that's all that there is on this page, and there's a learn more to the right of that, and a close to the right of the learn more. Here's what I'm talking about. Learn more button. And close button. Close button. I'll tap here to close. Digital well-being. Beta. Button. And now to the right of that, like I said earlier, is the more options. And I'll move my finger right. More options. Button. We got more options. I tab. Pop-up window. Send feedback. In list. And tapping on that, we have the following. The first item is send feedback. Below that, we've got. Beta program. Beta program. So if you're not in the beta, you tap here, it will take you to the beta store or rather the Play Store where you could choose to opt in. Or if you're already enrolled in the beta and you want to opt out, there's the opt out or leave beta at the bottom of it. If you're not in the beta, however, there'll be the join beta. Below that, we've got manage your data. Manage your data. Next, privacy policy. Privacy policy and Terms of service. Terms of settings or service. 
And the last item below that will be the open licenses. Open source licenses. Open source licenses. That's the last item in that more options. I will now go back to the previous screen so we could see the other items that are found here on the main UI of this digital well-being. Digital well-being. More options. Button. Out of list. We're back to the main UI and we hear more options. Moving my finger down. Your digital well-being tools. In list. And this is a header or heading that says your digital tools. And below that we've got... Phone used for two hours, 21 minutes today. We heard phone used for two hours, 21 minutes today, meaning that if you put it all together in one stretch, I would have used my phone for two hours, 21 minutes for today. If I move my finger down, we'll interact with the dashboard. Go to dashboard. Go to dashboard. Tapping on that, though, is going to show me the apps that I spend most of my time on that accumulated to the 2 hour, 21 minutes use. Below that, we've got 37 unlocks. It says I have 37 unlocks. In other words, throughout today, I have unlocked my phone 37 times. Wow. No wonder it's called digital well-being. I'm recording this, though, at like 10 o'clock in the night, and so for the whole day, I have unlocked this phone 37 times. Let's keep going. Next. 93 notifications. I had a total of 93 notifications for today, and below that... Ways to disconnect. Heading. We now engage a heading that says ways to disconnect. In other words, ways that we could stay offline or leave the phone alone, and disconnect from the connected world. Let's now go through and see the items that we have here. The first item that we have here below that ways to disconnect heading will be... Dashboard. No timer set. Dashboard. No timer set. In other words, if I tap here, it will show me the apps, and I could set times for them. Hey, I only want to use it for so minutes. And after that, you can lock me out from that app. That's what that is. And tapping here will show you all the apps that you can choose to set a time limit for. Below that, we've got... Bedtime mode. Tap to set up. Bedtime mode. Tap to set up. If you tap on this, it will take you to where you can either customize or accept the defaults, which begins at 11 o'clock. I'll tap here so you'll see what I'm talking about. Bedtime mode. Sleep better with bedtime mode. Out of list. There we heard it. Sleep better with bedtime mode. Silence your phone, dim the wallpaper, and change the screen to black and white at bedtime. And down toward the middle, about 3 inches, on the right side, we have a toggle switch there which is on by default. Do not disturb for bedtime mode. Only calls from start contacts, repeat callers, and alarms can reach you. Switch on. And that is on because I have previously customized a bedtime mode. Mine starts at 10 o'clock. And below that, customize your do not disturb profile. You can now tap here to customize. If you are someone that goes to bed early, you could tap here to customize and choose 
to start your bedtime mode early. If you go to bed at nine o'clock, you can choose to have it start at nine o'clock instead of the default, which is 11 o'clock. If you do not tap here to choose that, then at the bottom right is the next button and to the left of that will be the cancel button. Here's what I'm talking about. Next button. And to the left of that. Cancel button. Cancel button. Let's go ahead and tap on that next. Next button. Set up bedtime mode. We heard set up bedtime mode. Putting my finger near the top of the screen, we hear the following. Set up bedtime mode. We heard set up bedtime mode. And below that, we have a couple buttons, one to the left and one to the right. The one at the left edge of the phone is your start 11 p.m. Start time. Like I said, that's a default 11 p.m. And to the right of that is the ending time. And 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Moving my finger down, though, we got the following. Eight hours. That's eight hours of sleep. Move my finger down. Sunday. Checkbox. Checked. And we have those days that are checked. We've got Sunday because that means the following day is going to be Monday. So you want to go to bed early so you can wake up and go to work. And so all those days are checked from Sunday, Monday. Monday. Checkbox. Checked. Tuesday. Tuesday. Checkbox. Checked. Wednesday. Wednesday. Checkbox. Checked. Thursday. Thursday. Checkbox. Checked. Friday. Friday. Checkbox. Checked. And Saturday. Another party day. Saturday. Checkbox. Checked. Now, if you don't work on Saturdays, you may want to uncheck Friday because it's a party time, right? Now, below we got... Use a schedule. Turns on at 11 p.m. Checked. And below that we have... Turn on while charging. Turns on while charging after 9 p.m. Not checked. So, in other words, if you want it to start at 9 p.m., if you put your phone at, on the charger at 9 p.m., you could check this box and that will start the Do Not Disturb. If not, it will kick in at 11 p.m. Or at the customized time that you have chosen. Like mine, I chose 10 o'clock. At the bottom left, we got... Not now, button. Not now, or to the right of that... Done, button. We have the done button. If I tap done, then I am accepting the default that my bedtime mode will start at 11 o'clock. I'm not doing that, and I'm going to go back by doing the back gesture. Sleep better with bedtime mode. Back again. Digital well-being. Bedtime mode. Tap to set up. Enlist. I'm back to the UI, menu UI, and there is the bedtime mode tab to set up. Moving though, below that we've got the following. Focus mode. Tap to set up. Focus mode. Tab to set up. And what this means is that if you are at work and you want to be focused, you want to set it up to where, say, hey, from X time to X time, I want to be focused. So I don't want Telegram or whatever apps to disrupt me while I'm at work. And if you tap here, it will show you the apps that you could check to say, hey, I'm going to be focused. Here's what I'm talking about. Focus mode. Navigate up. Button. We hear focus mode navigate up, and that's the button on the top left corner. 
On the top right corner, we have the More Options. More Options button. And frankly, there's nothing in there. If you tap on that, then there's something like Send Feedback or something like that. Now, below that, we have... When you need time to focus, you can pause distracting apps and hide their notifications in List. Okay. Set a schedule, disabled. We hear set a schedule is disabled. Next. To use focus mode, select distracting apps below, button, disabled. It's also disabled because I haven't checked any of the apps here. I'm going to scroll down. Now we have a heading that says, Select distracting apps, heading. Select distracting apps. And below that are all your apps. For example, Messages, checkbox, not checked. Messages is not checked. Fairmail, checkbox, not checked. Fairmail, not checked. Gmail, checkbox, not checked. Gmail, not checked. Keep notes, checkbox, not checked. And on and on and on. And at, at the bottom, you have a button that says show all X number of apps. That is, in my case, it will say like show three, all 300 apps or 300 plus whatever apps. And you can choose the ones that you want to not get distracted by. Let's go back to the previous screen. Digital well-being. Focus mode. Tap to set up. In list. Showing items 1 to 15 of 35. Below that now, we have a heading that says... Reduce interruptions. Heading. Reduce interruptions. Heading. And now, let's look below that. These are the items that we find below that reduced disruptions. Manage notifications. Manage notifications. That is, if you tap here, you could go choose what notifications you would like to see and which ones you wouldn't like to see. Below that, we've got... Do not disturb. We have that do not disturb again, and you can go in here and customize it next. Flip to shish, on. We have the flip to shish, and that is on. So, for instance, if my phone rings and I flip it, it should just silence it. Next. Heads up. Tap to set up. We have something here called heads up. Tap to set up. In other words, if you tap on here, it will take you to where you would be told to be aware of your surroundings when you're walking outside. Let's go ahead and open this up so you see what I'm talking about. Heads up. Watch your step with heads up. Out of list. We heard, watch your steps with heads up. If you're walking while using your phone, get a reminder to focus on what's around you. Use with caution. Heads up doesn't replace paying attention. And at the bottom right, we have the next button. Next button. Tap. Heads up needs to send you notifications and know when you're walking outside. And moving my finger down. Physical activity. This lets heads up know when you're walking. Check box. Checked. Disabled. Below that. Notifications. This lets heads up send you notifications when you're walking. Check box. Checked. Disabled. Below that. Location optional. This lets heads up know when you're outdoors. On the next two screens, select while using the app greater than allow all the time. Check box, not checked. So in other words, if I check this box and I tap the next, then it will ask me uh, how I want my location to be observed. I want it precise, which is the default, but do I want it all of the time or only when I'm using the app? And at the bottom. Next button. We have the next button. I'm not going to continue with this because it's 
self-explanatory and you can go in here and see what that is because that will be the last part and you'll just tap on the done button. I'm going to go back now to the main UI where we came from. Watch your step with heads up. Back again. Digital well-being. Heads up. Tap to set up. In list. And we're back to the main UI and on heads up. Next item below that though we've got Show icon in the app list. Switch off. Show the icon in the apps list. It's not checked. Parental controls. You set up family link parental controls for one child or teen in your family group. We come across one item here that says parental control. And it says that I do have one child or teen in my parental control. And below that will tell you the name of the kid. And at the bottom of that will be add a child. Set up parental controls for another child button. Set up parental control for another child. And that's the end of that whole idea of the digital well-being. I will now hand you over to the podcast crew as we reflect on these items and talk about them. And now, now that we've done with it, let's talk about this segment, guys. So the first item here is about the phone use. And then there's an item below that that says the dashboard, where it tells you, hey, you've used your phone for X minutes today. And then the dashboard, when you tap on that, gives you like a chart of uh, how many minutes you spend on this app and how many minutes you spend on uh, this other app. What do you guys think about this feature? Does it make you feel like you've kind of been using your phone too much or not using your phone enough. Mine, as you can hear, I had two hours, 21 minutes or something like that on that phone for the total day by the time I did that recording. Yeah, my average was like um, 3.50, three hours and 50 minutes, which I was honestly, I thought it would be a lot higher than that because I use my phone for everything. Like I don't, I barely use my computer, you know? So I was pretty surprised that it was that low, but yeah, it's an interesting feature. I've never, honestly, I've never taken advantage of it as far as like going in there and setting like, which it's a good thing. If you feel like you spend too much time on a certain app or a certain category, like you can say, only let me use social media apps for X number of minutes a day, or only let me use shopping apps for this number of minutes a day. You know, you can kind of limit yourself, but I've always kind of seen it as like, um, you're still at the end of the day when it when it says, you know, you've reached your limit. You know, if you want to keep going, you're going to disable it and keep going. So, so I've never really like gone into the trouble of like setting it up or anything. But it's you know, it's one of the things you accept when you set up your phone, or uh, I guess everybody doesn't accept it, but I do. So it's up and running and it keeps track of everything. So I can go in and look and get insights if I want, which is good. I suppose it might be useful. If you wanted to know what used your battery most, but presumably that would be in the battery section anyway, wouldn't it? So I don't know. For me, it's like having a really annoying parental kind of figure in your pocket. I just uh, I would never set timers for myself or anything like that. I just. I'm yeah. a grown up. I don't need that. <laughs> you know? Some people some people do like try to cut back on certain things though. And it's it's nice to have that reminder. Like maybe you don't realize, maybe you're like, I think 
two hours a day is too much on social media and you don't realize that you've been on there that long and then you kind of want that reminder okay maybe i should do something else with my life so but yeah at the end of the day you're a grown-up you make your own decisions yeah maybe if you've got kids maybe then okay but otherwise i don't know it's a bit big brothery isn't it yeah like I I kind of sit in the same place as John. I thought I used my phone more than I do, which is surprising. So I'm sitting like just under five hours. But I'm also kind of like feeling like, why would I want to set those timers? Like it, it almost feels like I'm being creeped on. But yeah. yet at the same time, not. Like it's it's a really weird concept. But it's also like I also get why they have it because some people need that extra control. Um, because we all know that our phones emit the blue light, which is scientifically proven to boost our dopamine levels. So, looking at that, it's easier to become addicted. And having stuff like the digital well being, we can actually help control that. So, I kind of understand the purpose, but I just find it kind of stupid. Yeah, it's just another thing to track. You know, people like tracking fitness, tracking sleep. Some people say, I, I know if I slept well, why do I need to track that? You know, but other yeah, people I mean, want I... that data. So it just depends on the person. I think tracking something like your sleep, that's one thing. But timers saying, oh, you've done enough on the social net. No, stop it. You know, it's like someone constantly looking over your shoulder, you know, when you're in the, the... middle of oh man micromanagement the funny thing is you can do like certain settings to like gently like nudge you away from it like you can set it to like if i've gone over my limit like make it make the screen black and white obviously this doesn't apply to us but like like a person's going to be looking through instagram oh man it just went black and white i can't do this anymore i better put it away for the night it's funny yeah so here's how i look at it though it's not necessarily because they want to track you, but s- some people really have an addiction with the phone. I, I see it all the time. And uh, so I think the whole idea is to kind of, hey, you know, maybe you need to do something else. So maybe uh, the little time they have, even people at work, you jump on that phone, blah, blah, blah. And frankly, I think I would rather uh, have uh, something uh, about my uh, digital well-being, uh, for example, I don't think I want my sleep to be tracked, to be honest with you. If I'm going to have a problem with something, I think that the last one I would want to use would be a sleep tracker. I, I, I don't want you to know how, how I sleep, you know, <laughs> what happens when I'm sleeping. I, it just doesn't appeal to me. But I can see, um, you know, saying, hey, I don't want to use my Telegram for more than uh, one hour today or whatever. And, and to me, I don't think that is an intrusion on how I use my telegram. It's just that thing doesn't go to anyone really, but it's it's just between you kind of try to time management. Yeah, I don't all mind having, but the sleep thing is, I find is quite interesting um, because it'll tell you, well, I've got the Samsung version and that's slightly different, but it, you know, it tells you, um, the quality of your sleep and things. And I don't think that's in the well-being section, is it? I think there's just a sleep mode to um, stop your phone going no. off in the middle of the night and th- things like that. Yeah, this it? doesn't track your sleep. This just 
this just lets you set what your sleep mode settings. Yeah, I mean that I can I think sensible. You know, I don't really want people ringing me up at midnight. So, yeah. you know. So the next item here is the um seven unlocks. The unlocks and yeah. <laughs> in my recording, <laughs> I had unlocked my phone 37 times uh, through the whole day. And the reason why is because for me, when I read articles, I shut off the screen. So, oh, that's your I'm excuse. Okay, I got it. <laughs> but I looked at you, that, I'm like, you, oh my you God, know it's unlocked. You know what my excuse is? I actually, I do it as a fidget thing. Like, I'll put my fingerprint on the screen, let it unlock, lock it. Put my fingerprint, like, I'll just lock and really? unlock my phone over and over again. Yeah, I, I do. I like have, so my numbers are way off. <laughs> what? I would like to have. I would like to know how many unlocks you got. <laughs> well, not not too many today because I was outside working. But if it was a regular day, I would have unlocked that thing. So yeah, many it's times. probably not a good idea to do that when you're on the roof. Yeah, I know. yeah exactly. But, no. So I've got seven unlocks today. Uh, so on my way to thirty-seven. No, I think it'll be fifty today. I don't know. I'll be busy editing the podcast. So <laughs> I'm not going to have more than 10 unlocks today. Who knows? But oh, yeah, I, that's... Don't, I, don't, I think at least 20. Yeah. So that's another one. And for me, though, that comes with when I'm doing those reading articles because I like to use the assistant and I don't need the screen on. You know, I shut off my screen when I do. So assistants so... read you, re the assistant reads you the articles, does it? And so, and you can yeah. lock the. F I didn't know you could do that. Shut off the screen and just, you know, sit back and listen. And the next item here is the uh, twenty-four notifications. The notifications. You you heard mine that I had ninety-three um, notifications and all of that. And so below that, you can just go ahead and ways to disconnect. You know, uh, go to that ways to disconnect is the next item here. And uh, this is the thing that we were talking about. For example, dashboard, no timer set. The timer that we were talking about, you can set timers for, hey, I want to just only use Telegram for one hour today, or I want to use Facebook for 30 minutes today, you know, for those of you that do. And, you know, it's like John says, you know, when it comes up and say that time is up, you can still extend your time if you wanted to, if you think you haven't had enough of your fill for that day. Um, maybe you need it more than what you anticipated that you are going to be bounding yourself to. Uh, then you could just uh, increase that time. I have that for my kids, you know, especially, you know, the teenage kids can be on that thing forever. So I said things like, hey, you know, maybe only two hours a day, that's good enough because it's, you don't want to too much you're spending way way too much time especially during the school week it can be detrimental yeah the good thing about the parental controls is you can't snooze them <laughs> when your time is up your time is up so it'll just stop working will it yeah i've never tried nothing would so work. what happens if you try and use telegram again for example if it's on telegram what what, what happens 
No, so we're talking about it. With this one of the time, uh, you know, setting times, you could change the time, but uh, the one that John is mentioning is the one we're going to be coming down to, you know, that's the parental control. So that one is a little different unless oh. you go in there and say, okay, I'm going to give you a little reward. And here I'm giving you 30 minutes more. I'm giving you an hour more. You've been a good kid today, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But other than that, their phone becomes you know, just a paperweight. So next, does it even, the, show, the, does, does it even show the time or anything? And that, oh, but it that's does. it. Yeah, it, that's it, about shows, it. it shows everything that yeah. that's, that's going on. Yeah. No, I mean, one, once their time's up, does it just show them the time and nothing else or something? Is that? No, it will warn them, letting them know that in X minutes, your time is going to be up. Yeah, but when it is, if they try and use it, what happens? Uh, nothing will I happen. Th I think it, you just won't be able to launch. Apps. You won't be like able to ask launch that app. Yeah, for a pen or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what. Okay, I've never done that. Just in case anyone cares, so far today, I've done eight unlocks. Uh huh. Which is so one more than yesterday. You're one more than me. Uh <laughs> and it's a lot later in the day. That's what I did seven yesterday. That's not I don't really that know why I would actually care about that, but still. <laughs> How many times you handle the phone, right? <laughs> mm. Yeah, but the thing is, this is one of three phones I've got. So if I looked at all of them, oh no, I'm not. That's too scary. I'm not doing that. <laughs> the next item that we have here is that bedtime mode. Bedtime mode. Tap to set up. And so you, you could, by default, if you set this up and leave the defaults as I showed in the demonstration, it begins at 11 o'clock. But for me, though, I had mine set to 10 o'clock because sometimes I don't want to be bothering people or people. I have a lot of calls. And so I set mine to kick in at 10 o'clock. Do you guys have bedtime mode, you know, like yeah. uh, when it kicks in? Yeah. 10 o'clock. But and I wish it would make me some hot chocolate. That would be good. <laughs> hot chocolate. Right. Like if my phone could make me some tea or some hot chocolate at bedtime, I'd be I'd be pumped. Yeah. And then make and coffee then in, in the, the morning. morning. Exactly. Morning, coffee, you know, coffee in the morning. Yeah. That'd be amazing. It would be. But no, it's other than that, it's seriously, it's quite good. It's quite good that feature because you don't get all these annoying calls in the middle of the night and stuff. Yeah. And I like exactly. that you can specify um like cer certain contacts to always let through, even if you're on bedtime mode, or you can set whether or not it lets repeat callers through. Like if somebody calls you like three yeah, times three in a row, times. it'll yeah. start to ring. Yeah. So those are good features that you can turn on and off as well. They are especially, especially the both of those actually. But the, for example, if a, if you know a family member's not well or something, mm -hmm. and you need to be able to the hospital or the care home or their relatives need to be able to ring you even in the middle of the night, then that's really important. So the next item here is that focus mode. Tap to set up that focus mode, and and so I see this coming into play most especially if you are at work. You want to give uh, whoever is employing you their full time, right? You don't want to be uh, checking your phone and doing all of that. And some people do that and get in trouble because here you can say, hey, from 9 a.m. till whatever, 
you know, I'm in focus mode. And so you turn things off and, and things like that. Say, hey, I want to turn uh, Telegram off. I don't want to get distracted by Telegram. I want to turn off uh, Facebook. I don't want to be distracted by that. And so I, I see that focus mode as a good thing because it kind of takes your mind off all those uh, distractions. What do you guys think about the focus mode? I think it's good for things like church as well. Um or I guess if you had to go and do some studying or something like that, or even just, the, I think there's a relax mode on, on mine anyway. You know, you might want to be left in peace while you're reading a book, for example. Um, I, I think it's a great thing. I think it's really good. I agree. And most especially, you know, when I go to church, you know, what I do with mine is I turn it off or I leave the damn phone in the car. Uh, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm so paranoid. Even if it's on, do not disturb. My screen's going to light up. My screen here is going to start yelling or something. Like I'm just turn it completely off. Exactly. I I sometimes use it to get hymns, hymn numbers, and things. You know, on my braille display. Though, so yeah, I I sometimes have it in there, but uh, I make sure it's you know quiet, quiet volume, or the speech is muted. Can I ask a question actually about the focus mode? Because I tend to do this in Bixby routines because it was just easier when I was doing it, frankly. So I know how to do it. Um, so my church is far enough away that I can not have it. Like if my church was next door to where I live and I set it to go on silent when I go into church, it'd be really annoying because it'd be silent in my home as well. But my church is far enough away that that doesn't happen. So I can set it when I'm in a particular location to go on silent or do not disturb or whatever. Does does this well-being thing let you do that via location as well? Because when I tried to do it a year or two ago, um, you lot told me I could do it, but I couldn't for the life of me work it out. So I just did it in Bixby instead. <laughs> So the focus mode is not the same, you know, what you are talking about is a routine. Uh, the focus okay. mode is something different. For instance, I set it per app. For example, I'm at work. I don't want to be bothered by anything coming from Telegram or Facebook or any notifications from YouTube. Hey, you got these uh, new uploads that's there and things like that. So I want to be focused on what I'm doing. So that's a different thing that will be routines that you're talking about. But how does about. it know you're at work, though, if, you, if you're not using your location as a clue? Is it done by time? No, it, it, it's based on the time, you know, hmm. um, you know, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's my work time. I don't want Telegram telling me, John sent a message to Blind Android Users Podcast or, you know, uh, Blind Android Users Chat Group and things like I, that. I'd so, have to unblock you in order yeah, to you, get well, a message you, from you, me. You block <laughs> me. I, have to, I need to block him up in retaliation. <laughs> <laughs> he put my name out there blocking me in the whole world for people to know that I got blocked. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. That was priceless. But so, yeah, so that's different because you can choose the time that you want to be focused and, and all of that. And so it comes in handy in that uh, perspective. You said you can do it by app. So if I want to read a book, I open Kindle or Audible. 
And if I've set, okay, if I've opened Audible or Kindle, then I don't want any other like YouTube and stuff. It, would that work as well? Would that, or or is that again a separate thing? Is that a routine as well? Set up. Or is that so, a focus? So here's what I'm talking about. So if I go into focus mode, tap to set up focus mode here. Focus mode. And if I scroll down, I have apps. Boss Rev. Check box. See, um, home. Check box. Not that's check. my Google Home. YouTube. Check box. So if I check, check uh, YouTube. Fairmail. Yeah. Check box. Not check. And so Showing items 11 that means that I want uh, to to uh, set some time limit or, you know, have a focus mode because I don't want YouTube to come in and disturb me while I'm uh, focusing on what I'm doing. So once I oh, do so that. Oh, you're, so you're blocking the app while you're in the focus yes, mode rather exactly. than saying, when I open this app, do this. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's the other way around. Okay. Exactly. But you could set, but you could set, I know what you were asking and that you could technically set a routine to turn on focus mode. So when I'm in Amazon, I don't want to hear from, or when I'm in Kindle, I don't want to hear from uh, Telegram and Facebook. So you could have, you should set a routine to turn on. I know turn you can with Bixby, a but work I don't know. Mode or, or yeah. relax mode focus. or Yeah, exactly. So you could kind of use the two together, routines yeah. and the focus mode to, to, together, complementary of each other. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably what and I would so do. But once, the bedtime one's really good. Once you've selected an app and you come back, now I'm back to this screen. Then you have focus mode off. It says it's off. So if I turn, if I tap here to turn it on, that YouTube that I checked on there would now take effect and will take me to where I could choose the time when does this begin? Uh, when I I don't want you know YouTube to be uh, bothering me. Okay. Yeah. So next we got the uh, reduce interruptions heading. Reduce interruptions, and these are things like, hey, you know, um, I'm getting so many notifications from X, Y, Z. I want to reduce those. Manage notifications. And here's where you go into manage those notifications, and things like that. And I think the next item that we're going to look at before we move on next. Do not disturb. We have the do not disturb that we've talked about. Flip to shish on. And you got, you know, flip uh, flip to shish. Like if I'm doing something and John is calling me, I'll just flip that phone over and say, John, shish. <laughs> shush, John, you blocked me on Telegram. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk to me? Send me a message I, I on Telegram. To get, I need to get back at him somehow, right? <laughs> yeah. So the, the interruptions thing is that, for example, you could say, I don't want interruptions from Facebook or something isn't that similar to what you were talking about with youtube and stuff before though? i feel like it might be like i haven't actually done it myself but i think it might be like limit the amount of notifications like don't give me a notification from this app but maybe once an hour or so or something that's oh, my okay. guess exactly well that's how it works and or okay. i don't even want to hear any notifications from it and so you manage that maybe only give me two um a day or whatever things like that uh, oh yeah because it said limit limit interruptions yeah yeah so. yeah so, so you would just you get, get all some, your facebook you notifications at once yeah <laughs> yeah you you get some but not too many yeah that's exactly that's quite good because i had 93 so i could go in there and said hey i only want five notifications all right uh, <laughs> wait what gave you 93 notifications <laughs> different app. Was it the amount of people who blocked you on telegram <laughs> no 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 it's not just telegram. i know you don't you don't <laughs> get notified about that. That i know 
<laughs> so I got all those notifications and I'm doggone, yeah, 93 notifications a day. That's a lot wow. of notifications. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the next item here is the heads up, tap to set up. The heads up, and particularly, you know, for sighted people because you find a lot of people you know will be walking down the street and looking at their phone i find it to be annoying if that you know what annoying, i mean they, they bump <laughs> right into you don't they exactly why i put this thing in the pocket so see this is why digital well-being needs to be in place because you either, can't put, either, that thing put it in down. your Either put it in your pocket or slow down. Don't walk so fast while you're looking. If because if you're, I guess if you're looking at a map or something. But I think for me, if I was going to do that, I think I'd probably stop or stand to the side. But some people are very silly. Oh, so I, I fall into that silly category. I totally yeah. use my phone while I'm walking all the time. Oh no, Cam! Don't tell me you do. <laughs> I do. What for maps? Well, I think, or what, I think what blind for? people get a pass on that because we can't see anyway. Like, yeah. exactly. That I, is true. I'm just better at multitasking. Like <laughs> most people are using their phone and they just zone right out into that. Yeah. Like I've seen people get hit by cars reading a book while they're walking down the street. Yeah, why do what? that? But why it's like, do that. I'm sitting there going, is it really hard to pay attention with like where you're going and what you're doing at the same time? It's like, it's not that hard to do, but so many people can't do it. Yeah. So see for me, when I'm on the street, my phone is in my pocket. I, I don't, you don't see me uh, interacting with my phone while I'm walking my, around. Mine, no, my, you, my, I might, you, my phone is in my pocket, but I might be using something like Lazarillo. Yeah, also um, you're, you're using a guidance navigation uh, in 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 that aspect, though. But you are not interacting with your phone and you know looking at who is sending you messages. I don't do that I while I'm walking. Might or might not have done that, but I don't like <laughs> if it's busy and crowded and there's loads of people, or if I'm walking along a railway platform or something. Then no, because that's dangerous. Exactly my point. The last item here before we move on will be that parental con parental controls. You set up family link parental controls for one child or teen in your family group. So that's the one. I have one kid that's uh, on that parental control. Um, so at 10 o'clock, you know, phone is dead because, you know, teenagers like to be texting at night and can't sleep and in the mornings all tired and all of that. So uh, those are the kind of things that we've talked about earlier and especially you could limit their phone use, you know, maybe six hours a day or whatever. Uh, Instagram can only be used for two hours or one hour or 30 minutes or whatever time you want and things like that. And if you have multiple kids, you can at the bottom here. Set up parental controls for another child button. You could tap there to set up another control, um, parental control for another kid. And that's what those uh, parental controls are. So do they do they let you obviously you wouldn't want to have it on the podcast, but do they let you give the child's actual name in the app so that you don't get confused with who's you're changing if they're different ages, for example? Yes, it, it has they my do. kids' it names in there. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you can manage those kids. Uh you can extend their time, for example, you know, bedtime mode. Like for example, I set it up to okay, Sunday nights uh through you can choose 
different days, how long you want them to be on there. And then, you know, Friday nights, there's no uh, restriction, Saturday, no restriction. And so you said whatever you want or said um, this day, I want I want you to go to bed at so-and-so time and things like that. But usually it you just kind of keep a nice routine so it's not uh, a surprise. Sometimes I forgot that, you know, like we just had a Martin Luther King Day uh, last uh, Monday and my daughter had to remind me, hey, you know, uh, this Sunday, you know, uh, I need to be off this because there's no school Monday. I'm like, oh, yeah. So in that case, I took it off for that day mm. and then, you know, come back next week. Is yeah. there a holiday mode as well? Like if they're on school holidays where you can give them a bit more freedom and then have the routines back again when they're back at school or do they not have that? No, so you have to, um, like I just said. Or do you, you just know, turn yeah, it off yeah, for yeah, those days? Exactly. Um, but you are correct. It would be nice to have a feature that it will auto-detect. But yet, it depends on the on the parent because then you are overruling what the parent wants. Supposing that parent still wants no, the parent could the say, <laughs> I mean, on my heating, on my um, heating at home, there is a mode called holiday that I can turn on. If I'm away, then I don't need the heating on. So you could have a mode that the parent could turn on called holiday, where they're basically unrestricted if you wanted. That's all I was wondering if they did that, because that'd be quite. But yeah, I still think it should be up to the parent, not because exactly probably different counties and different states and things all have different holidays anyway. So I don't think you could do that. I think you'd have to leave it up to the parents. Because even in this country, we've got two counties next door to each other. And I know somebody, her one child goes to school in the one county and the other one in the next door county. And they've got holidays in February. One's off one week and the other one's off the next week. So you, you couldn't have, you'd have to have it so the parent could change it. Not, not, um, but a holiday mode would be good. You could, you know, you could turn off the restrictions if it's holiday mode, if you, if you wanted, or you could say when it's holiday mode only have these dates or this thing or you know that would be quite a nice feature for google to do i think um but for your parental mode you have to connect to their phone presumably somehow or their account how does that work so you use it you add them to your account uh so it's like what we call a family link that's the app and also uh, you can share your apps with them, uh, your apps with them if you wanted to. So they get to enjoy your uh, paid apps if you wanted them to and things like that. But it also lets you know what kind of apps that they're installing. If they're not apps that you don't approve of, then you can say, no, kick that baby out, you know, <laughs> so things like that. And can you see what websites they go on and stuff if you want yeah, to as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, so the whole idea is to keep your kids safe because kids are very gullible. Uh, People tell them things and they want to try this and it's just a nightmare. And can you choose which of your apps you want them to, like, can you say, okay, I want to share this app, but not that one? Like, for example, if you did, I know you don't, but if you did gambling, you wouldn't want your kids to <laughs> no no yeah you 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 can choose what apps you want to share and which apps you don't want to share and that's a good that's thing. good yeah 
that's a yeah because I, I just wondered because i don't have children so i don't know you know um i've just got my own phone I, i'm not linked mine isn't linked to anybody else so it's it's interesting yeah, yeah and you can have it turned on so that they have it has to confirm every app they download so like they can't go and download any app without it first sending you a notification saying are you okay with them downloading this app oh, and you can good. say yes and then they'll be able to install it and mm. um so they wouldn't be able to do things like side loading and you know uh, things like that so it's yeah. it's a very good feature yeah sounds it yeah We are now moving on to our next segment. And John, you are talking today in our Talkback Highlights about the new spell checker that we have in Talkback 13.1. Here is that demonstration by John regarding the spell checker in Talkback. Welcome back to our series on Talkback Highlights. Today is going to be installment number 52. And we are going to be covering the new spell check feature, which is found in the current release of Talkback, which is 13.1. So I'm here in my Google Messages app, and I've already typed out a message using the on-screen Braille keyboard, but I backed out of it and went back to Gboard just so I could be back in the conversation. So I'm going to put the Edit box in focus. Editing. THSI is a testee of Holo the Spellcheck Fader Works. Edit box. So what I typed out was, this is a test of how the spellcheck feature works. And of course, I misspelled some words intentionally. So I'm just going to show you how to go about using this feature. So when you put a text box in focus by default, the granularity or reading control is going to be set to characters. And what we're going to want to go to is spell check. So I'm going to swipe up then down twice to go back to reading controls. Actions. Spell check. So now that I'm on the spell check granularity, what I'm going to do is swipe up a few times because right now I'm at the end of the field. So every time I swipe up, it's going to go back one misspelled word. Fader. Spell check. Holo. Tessie. T-H-S-I. No misspelled word is found. So as soon as it says no misspelled word is found, that means you're either at the beginning of the field or the end of the field. Or I should say, there's no misspelling before that current word you're on. So the way this works is, you can think of this as a granularity. So in the same way you would move by characters, words, or lines, and that would move your cursor forward or backwards one word. This moves your cursor backward or forward one misspelling. So this will place your cursor at the beginning of either the previous or next misspelled word. So right now the cursor should be at the beginning of the word this, which I spelled T-H-S-I. So I'm going to swipe down. Tessie. That went to the next word, so I'm going to swipe back up. 
THSI. So, once you have the cursor on the word, how you would go about correcting it is you would change your reading control from spell check, which we're on right now, to actions, because the corrections will be in the actions menu. So I'm going to swipe down and up to go to the next reading control. Actions. And now that I'm on actions, if I swipe down, it'll start to list the suggestions. This, T-H-I-S, spelling suggestion. And that I know I want, but I'm just going to see what else it's suggesting. Thai, T-H-A-I, spelling suggestion. These, T-H-E-S-E, spelling suggestion. So it will suggest a few, but I know I wanted to say this, so I'm going to swipe up. Thai, T-H-A-I, spelling suggestion. This, T-H-I-S, spelling suggestion. And I'm going to double tap there. Text replaced. So that replaced T-H-S-I with T-H-I-S. So now I'm going to change... The reading control back to spell check. Spell check. And I'm going to swipe down to go to the next misspelled word. Tessie. So I wanted to spell test, but I put a Y at the end instead of a T. That's not a common mistake you would make typing on the Braille input, but I know you would make that mistake if you're typing on a QWERTY keyboard, so I just did that intentionally. But I'm going to switch back to Actions. Actions. And swipe down. Test. T-E-S-T. Spelling suggestion. That's what I want. Text replaced. So, I'm going to, again, go back to... Spell check. And go to the next word. Holo. Now, I think this is how. It's supposed to be how, but I put two O's in there. So let's see what the suggestions are. Actions. How, H-O-W, spelling suggestion. Text replaced. Again, I'm going to go back to spell check. Spell check. Spell check. Now, I spelled this with only one L instead of two L's. So I'm going to go back to actions. Actions. Spell check. S-P-E-L-L-C-H-E-C-K. Spelling suggestion. Text replaced. Now I have one more word in here, but I'm not going to go back to spell check because I want to show you that you don't have to use that granularity or reading control if you don't want to. So if you're just navigating by character or word, which I'm going to do here. Characters. Words. Fader. So, fader, which was me spelling feature, but I got the E and the A mixed up. So, I've moved the cursor to this word, so as long as I bring up the actions menu or go to the actions reading control from here, there will be spelling suggestions. And the reason I say that is because it's not necessary for you to use the spell check reading control. That just helps you find and put your cursor on the misspelled words quickly. So if you already know you've misspelled a word because you just typed it, you don't have to go to that reading control. 
you could just simply make sure your cursor is on the misspelled word and change to actions. Characters. Actions. And then. Feature. F-E-A-T-U-R-E. Spelling suggestion. That's what I want, so I'm going to double tap there. Text replaced. So let's see what we have now. Editing. This is a test of how the spell check feature works. Edit box. So as you can see, all of the corrections have been made, and that is the sentence that I was trying to type. Thank you for listening to this installment of Talkback Highlights. Thank you so much, John. And how do you like uh, the spell checker, John? Is it something you kind of enjoy or you're not? Um, I'm not. About? I'm probably not going to use it too often. And to be honest, it was hard to get get it to work. I couldn't. This is no surprise, but I couldn't get it to work on my Samsung phone. But it's not officially supported. So, yeah, maybe that's something Samsung will fix before they release their version. But even on my Pixel, it was hit and miss. Like, I couldn't get it to work in... Google Keep for some reason. I had to actually go to the Messages app to get it to work. And That's annoying. Yeah, and I have autocorrect turned on in Gboard, so if I'm typing with Gboard, I'm not going to have any errors anyway. So I I use the Braille input keyboard to actually be able to intentionally misspell some things to get um, to be able to demonstrate it. But yeah, I think it has some work to go. When it works, it works great. You know, but I think... It needs to be a little bit more consistent when it works and when it doesn't. Oh, I don't use autocorrect. Auto That's dangerous if you don't check what, you've, what you're sending. <laughs> I do agree oh. that, you know, that thing needs some work because I want to be able to say when I just uh, change my granularity to the spell checker and I tap, then it should just work right. But a lot of times... Like you said, John, it doesn't work well. And so it takes a lot of um, um, just trying and trying. And it's not very good. But it's a good start. And it's a good idea. Yeah, I'm sure it'll improve over time. And now we move on to a new segment that we're just starting, and that's the listeners' questions. And by the way, if you want to send us a question that you do not want on the email list, but you want to send the uh, podcast crew a question, whether it's a voice message, you go to our website, you could send us a message there or send us a question there. You could send it as a written text or you could send it as a voicemail. And that's by going to blindandroidusers.com and in that contact us you can send us your questions and things like that so this week we have an audio message from someone regarding the fact that the actions are not working well or actually not even working on his phone and now here's that question that the listener has asked hi everyone um since updated to Topac uh, 13.1, um, the new swipe method to access actions does not work. Whenever I access an action, uh, it says action setting not enabled. Uh, while um, in, in, in the Topac menu, they work. 
So when when accessing access through the top back menu, they work. When accessing uh, the top back settings in the reading controls, customized reading controls, access are not listed. So um, maybe it's some kind of bug, or I don't know. Um, but in any case, I, I think that this will encourage uh, more app developers to to uh, incorporate uh, actions in their apps because it makes things much, much easier. John, you want to take a crack at this and maybe tell us a little walk around that this uh, listener might find like a useful tool for next time someone comes across the same problem? Sure. So I I haven't been able to reproduce this and I haven't had this issue myself, but it's a pretty bad issue because as he explained, when you try to use an action, it says actions not enabled or something along those lines. And the problem with that is a lot now that actions are the default um, granularity, the default action is activate. So like if you're on your home screen and you just want to double tap on something, that is now an action. So it won't even let you open up apps to get to the app. So this is a, a bad bug. It's very rare. I think I've only seen like two or three people with the issue. But yeah, in our mailing list, um, Warren, you actually suggested to somebody try clearing the app data for Android Accessibility Suite. And somebody did report back that that actually fixed it for them. Obviously, you're going to lose all your settings and everything, and you're going to have to start from scratch if you've customized your gestures and anything like that. But, you know, if your phone is pretty much broken at this point, that's what you're going to have to do. And like I said, this is rare, but um, I have seen people report that that did fix it for them. So hopefully that solves the issue for the listener that sent us that message. Where would they go in order to delete those settings? Okay, okay good question. So you can go into settings and then you'll go to apps. And then you'll find a list of all your installed apps. You'll go to Android Accessibility Suite. You'll open that. And you'll just go to the storage section of that page. Once you're in the storage section, there'll be two buttons, clear cache, clear data. You're going to hit clear data. And then it'll ask you if you're sure. And you hit yes. After that, you will probably have to re-enable TalkBack. I'm not sure. But if it just completely turns it off and it doesn't turn back on, then just do whatever you're accessibility shortcut is so if it was to hold both volume keys then just do that and it should will turn it, it back remember on that will it remember that shortcut yeah though? yeah it does remember the shortcut oh phew because otherwise that would be really annoying so the whole idea is that after you clear the data what happens is like you're like starting your phone anew but you're not starting your phone your phone new but in reality you're starting accessibility suite you know, a new. So you have whatever method you used, uh, you have to use that. So you have to hold down those two volume keys, like John had indicated, and then it'll pop up, talk back, you know, talk back accessibility suite. And then you go through, uh, you can tap the close or you can go through the tutorial as though you're starting it for the first time and things like that. And as John indicated, the problem with that is that you lose all of your customizations. So if you've uh, created some gestures for specific actions and all of that, you'll have to go do that again. But then it's worth it because you're now able to use your phone again. And that's 
one of the reasons to do that. And and sometimes these things happen because someone gets a major OS update and doesn't follow my doctrine of resetting factory defaults. So things like this would creep on and now and then, but instead of doing a whole factory reset, then you could just go ahead and do this uh, clearing of your accessibility and then go back and re-customize your talkback. One of the most noticeable things might be, for, you know, because some of us, we have our phones uh, on a, a much faster rate than by default. So one of the most noticeable things immediately when you've done that might be how, how much sl- more slowly the speech um, says things, you know, so you'd have to speed that up, wouldn't you? And does yeah. it does it go back to the default speech as well, like the Google Voice or the Samsung Voice, rather than if you, if you've got Vocalizer or something? No, your TTS your TTS setting will stay whatever TTS you had enabled will still be the default. But yeah, if you sped up the speech from within Talkback using the granularities, then it's going to be very slow. And if you've if you've turned off sounds or turned off vibration, like I, I've always turned off vibration. So that's the first thing I know after notice after I've cleared is that vibrations are back. So that's one of the first things I do is go in and turn that off. Oh, you don't want those good vibrations. No, they're, they're too a little too good for me. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so it's the same thing with me. I have my sounds and vibrations turned off. And every time I reset that, of course, everything falls back to defaults. And therefore, you're going to hear all those bongs and bangs and all those vibrations that I find very annoying. And so you have to go back in there and recustomize your things back to what they used to be. But at least it fixed your problem. Can you back up those settings? That's one of the things that I've been talking about. I wish we could have something that we could back up our settings, just like those labels that we could create and back up labels and things like that. I think it will be a very good feature for TalkBack to implement so that if I'm going to be resetting my TalkBack or Android accessibility suite, I back up my settings and once I reset, then re-import those settings and I'm good to go. Something that needs to happen. That would be good. as of now, it, the, the only way to restore your settings is when, you, when you're setting up a new phone and you're restoring from a backup, it will bring all your settings over for that new phone, but there's no manual way to back up your settings and restore them yourself if you have to go and do something like this and clear the data. So yeah, it would definitely be, I would definitely use it a lot because <laughs> I'm always like uninstalling TalkBack, reinstalling TalkBack. So I have set up my settings so many times it would be but nice to got, just be able to import them if, if you got a new phone though um presumably you'd you'd be up you'd be getting all your stuff on the new phone then not just the accessibility settings so that's a bit annoying that you can't just have the accessibility settings no you do get your accessibility settings for example if i get a new phone and i sign into my same account or the way yeah. I customize my talkback is going to be on that new phone. I'm not going to hear all the bings and bongs and vibrations and all of my customized uh, gestures are going to be there. And the same thing oh, is like good. resetting my phone to factory defaults. And once I set it back up again, it grabs those from my backup of my da- data from my phone. But we would like to see a situation whereby if I 
uh, without resetting my phone. If I clear the data of TalkBack, I should have the capability of re-importing my settings because at this point, the only way that that's going to happen is you when you have to reset the phone. Yeah, yeah so well, that's stupid. You, you shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, exactly. because it's so it's there on the back end. Like they're already saving your settings and importing your settings. It's just all happening automatically. There's no way for you to be able to say, okay, I want my settings back. So it would be, an, it seems like it would be an easy thing to implement because, like I said, it's already there. They just don't allow mm-hmm. you to get to it as the user and manually do it. And that will be it for that question. Again, if you have any questions that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, feel free to send it to us at contact us at blindandroidusers.com or you could go to our webpage and from there you could leave us a voicemail or send us a regular text message that is an email and all of that. And we'll read that here and answer your questions. And that will bring us to the close of this episode but then austin standing by to give you information on how to get hold of us should you need uh, information on how to get hold of us by our different social networks and all of that austin so people to locate us they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandreducers.com they can browse our website blindandreducers.com Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blindandroidusers. Subscribe to our mailing list, blindandroidusers, plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week. And that concludes this episode 111. From me, it's goodbye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Later. Thanks for listening to another clip from the Blind Android Users channel. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you're notified of every new material that we upload. Thanks again for listening to the Blind Android Users channel.